Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So, last Saturday, we had an all-day in here in this room, um, which is part of the MBCT program. We do this all-day meditation. And... I was leading it, so I hadn't thought much of it. We were sitting a lot, and there was a good amount of silence. Quite lovely. The next day, we had a family gathering at our house. It was my husband's not quite 70th birthday, but his twin, he has an identical twin, uh, is going on a 40-day meditation retreat for his 70th birthday so we had to have the birthday party early so he could go on the retreat I only say that because I have great joy and I hope that when we are 70 we get a chance to go on a long retreat I think that would be a great way to celebrate 70 for me but anyway it was very interesting to have two very different experiences close together a day of silence and a day of um, company, family gathering, 20, 30 people in the house being busy. And um, this was not intended, but it really forced me to look at this topic, one of the teachings of the Buddha, which is mindful communication coming from silence to a lot of chatter and activity with people and being social. And I don't have to tell you that family gatherings are more challenging sometimes because they bring up a lot of vulnerability and history. And it's much more difficult for many people to have a mindfulness with family. We revert back to a lot of old patterns. I think Ram Dass said, if you think you're enlightened, go visit your mother. (laughs) So So I want to go back and talk about these teachings a bit. And hopefully we'll have some time to practice together. So the Buddha did talk about wise speech or virtuous speech. And um, his teachings, he talks about when we practice wise speech... It gives rise to peace and happiness in others and in ourselves. And this inner peace in our wise or virtuous speech gives us a freedom from suffering. We're suffering less and there is more peace. And he emphasizes what is not wise speech. And I'll give you the list. Idle chatter, just talking for the sake of talking, false speech. Um, So he emphasizes saying only what is true, what's accurate and true. Malicious speech, harsh harsh speech, which means that you're um, speaking in ways that promote harmony, 
that you're you're aware of the tone of voice being kind being gentle open and the speech is mindful so it's useful and purposeful obviously not lying um, and not using speech to create discord among people not being hostile and no gossip and that that may sound easy but it's not easy at all and um, we want to use the speech so that it's pur purposeful useful and kind and in order to do that it's not only important to have um, mindful speech but mindful listening as well they go together so that's a second skill and then let's make it even more complicated the Buddha talked about mindfulness being internal and external so in order to have mindful speech right you one needs to have a pause right the pause sense and feel the body the emotions maybe take a moment to know what your intention is and we want to lean the mind towards love kindness and empathy so Sunday I noticed in chattering with people and walking around the room and in in a retreat you're just sitting and meditating so the mindfulness as hard as that seems there's just one task there really but in life you have to be mindful of many things a tasks that you're doing timing all the things that are going on many people and so um, I'm walking around and I'm talking and because of that retreat there's a greater sense of what's happening now what's happening in this moment where where's the body where's the mind what's arising and the space of awareness so another way that we can practice wise speech mindful communication is by obviously pausing we've say that many times but being aware of awareness itself noticing and sensing into the field of awareness between you and another and the internal space of yourself allowing the spacious quality to come in and sensing and feeling into that that everything arises in awareness and uh, taking a moment to do that in the middle of all these people it was very interesting to me how easy craving comes up and the Buddha talked about that too tanha craving and there's nothing wrong with craving it is not a wrong phenomenon the Buddha didn't say don't crave he said no when you're craving it's different you can see this subtle little craving come in listen to my story I want to tell this story you ever talk to somebody and you're just so excited about telling your story <laughs> it's a little craving in there I want you to hear my story I want to tell this delicious story and I want you to hear it and you just get into the story 
so much that the person isn't quite there with you. <laughs> you're, you're not connected anymore. Or the craving for more. The cra it's so delicious. I'm enjoying these people. I don't see them too often, right? And I just want more, more, more. Which subtly takes us out of stillness, calm, peace, and connection, the present moment. But there's that subtle craving in there. And then there's our favorite craving, um, sometimes with family. I don't want any more. <laughs> I don't want this conversation, right? I, I don't want to hear this. And we find ourselves uh, contracted, shut down, tense, defensive, hurt, wounded, um, we didn't like what was being said, and the wall goes up. And sometimes the wall goes up with people based on a past memory. They haven't said anything yet, and the wall is up from what was said before. So the mindfulness gives us an opportunity to not be so affected by the difficult with people, it's the opportunity to see what's going on internally inside us and to know it better and to lean in towards peace and kindness. I'll give you a few examples. Um, one comes to mind. It's a bit psychological, but I think it's true to practice. Uh, a year or two ago, I see a lot of teens in my counseling practice which is a happy thing for me. I enjoy teens a lot because I think I'm still a teen. Right? <laughs> Does anybody feel their inner teen? I have a very big inner teen, and, and I happen to like her. Um, so I, could, I hear that song, I won't grow up. Remember that song? Yeah. Yeah, I won't grow up. It's great that we have these inner kids and inner teens in there. And... Um, much like other teens I've seen, her problem that she came in was um, she was in a relationship with this boy for the first time, and the boy was very popular and good-looking, and she was constantly um, worried about whether he was cheating or there, there were other girls. This was her story. And... Um, I hear the story a lot, and as we explore her story, so she would badger him, and teens today, they can badger you with their phone. Where are you? What are you doing? Who are you talking to? Or, I heard, you know, it's, I, I'm really happy not to be a teen today. It was hard enough when we didn't have that kind of communication. Now you can do this all the time. And um, her speech of, um, of challenging him and being suspicious and doubting him and her tone of voice, her facial expression was affecting him and it was affecting her. And when we explore this, uh, her upbringing was a family with lots of kids and divorce and she didn't feel connected to anybody. You know, she's, there were competing for parents' attention and the parents were young and worked long hours and she felt like there really wasn't much love or attention there. So she didn't really have a sense as a result of self-worth. Am I worth it? Am I worth being cared for? Could somebody care for me? Could somebody see me? 
is it safe? There's a lot of abuse in the family, more verbal, but is it safe? Could they care for me? And so it would come out in attack and suspicion. And must have had like two sessions with this young girl, very young, and I gave her the self-compassion break that we use in here, and we talk about all the time to stop, pause, put your hand, touch, and connect that this is a painful moment, um, and that many, many people suffer just like this, and may I be kind to myself, may I love myself as I am, and, and beginner's mind, right? Beginner's mind. She took that sheet, and she... <laughs> She went home, and the next time she wanted to call him and badger him about where he was and what he was doing, she stopped, and she said, and I did these deep breaths, I took this breathing in, and I calmed myself, and then I paused, and I realized that I was creating somebody who wasn't there. I, you know, just a young young girl. I was creating somebody who wasn't there. And she said, um, and I did those phrases because I know it's from my pain. I know it's from all the pain that I felt growing up that I'm doing that. So I did those phrases. And I put my hands here and I did those phrases. And I realized that I'm not alone in this, that this is such a very common thing. So many kids have this problem. And then she went on to say, and here's the mindful communication, so what a model. She went on to, the next time she saw him, she explained what she was doing and how she felt. And she said, um, they looked at each other and they agreed to pinky swear, not to speak that way to each other again. Mindful communication, right? Mindful communication. The potential for healing some deeper wounds. The potential for opening up our heart in a different way. So I, I love that story because it's so innocent, you know. Um, so I'll read you Thich Nhat Hanh's, um writings on the cultivation and contemplation of wise speech. And here are his five remembrances. Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful speech and the inability to listen to others, I'm committed to cultivating loving speech and deep listening in order to bring joy and happiness to others and relieve others' suffering. Knowing that words can create happiness or suffering, I'm determined to speak truthfully with words that inspire self-confidence, joy, and hope. I will not spread news that I do not know to be certain and will not criticize or condemn things of which I am not sure. I will refrain from uttering words 
that can cause division or discord, or that can cause the family or the community to break. I'm determined to make all efforts to reconcile and resolve conflicts, however small. So these are beautiful remembrances, and um, they're not so easy to do. And I think when we speak about mindful communication, generally we put the emphasis on um, what what's the activity that goes out here, what we say, what we do, don't don't say this, say this, or act this way or come from kindness. But what I like about this story is that the play of internal mindfulness also needs to be here. That when the wall is up or we're defensive or we're snapping at someone, our speech is harsh, we're also suffering too. And we need to make room for that suffering with self-compassion, self-awareness and the practice of awareness, and maybe we can switch it up and be able to share that vulnerability with others. So we're not um, just dumping our stress out there. So I shared this poem before, but I love it, and it fits in here with that moon language. And this is um, by Daniel Landinsky, and it's inspired by Hafiz. Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course you do not do this out loud. Otherwise, someone would call the cops. (laughs) Still, though, think about this. This great pull in us is to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying with that sweet moon language what every other eye in this world is dying to hear. And we can do this with the metaphrases um, to just turn the mind. And I wrote a few that I like to use here. And let's see if I can find it. This is sometimes when I'm preparing to speak to people or I'm going into a place with a lot of people and I have to talk a lot if I'm present and mindful, which not is not always the case. I like to use these phrases to lean in. Um, just as I, I kind of say it silently to the room and to people, which is, may you be joyful. May your happiness increase. May you not be separated from great happiness. May your good fortune and causes for joy and happiness increase. Because that really is the wish that's in there. We, most of us do not wish anyone harm. We really don't. Um, so it's almost like this um, preparation, you know, opening the heart to what's ever happening. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.